All right, well, welcome back to another uh, Rest, Eat, Move podcast. I've been gone. Uh, we've had some transition. We're excited for the new year. As you see, we're in our new uh, Ontario Living podcast studio, and uh, this is the last podcast of the year. And so I thought for this episode, we focus on a year-end review, and I think that year-end review can be an opportunity. What, what did we see? What are the trends? Where are people going in a good way? Where are people going in maybe not so good way? And then what can we expect in 2023? And so it's my father, Chris Johnson, Matt Johnson. We're going to have a year-end review. And the word that I'm going to use for 2022 was influencer. It's not a new word. It's not a new trend. But I continue to see this power of an influencer guiding people on their fitness, wellness, health journey. Some people subconsciously, some people very consciously following people to the extreme. So here's something interesting. I was looking at the demographics of gym members right now, and I know people work out at home and they do their thing, but it kind of gives you a pulse of who's working out. Generation Z uh, is very active. It's not the most active out of all the generations, but that's somebody under 28 years old. You've been in the space a long time. When you were 28, you were really interested in fitness, but how many people in that age when you first got in the business were working out? Well, I think everybody was playing. They weren't working out as much, but they were playing. Softball. Softball, lots of basketball, just more playing. But that's males, right? um, But women were starting to play more uh, when I was in probably my, you know, late teens, early 20s. But I thought play was what like strength training was for the bodybuilders, and weight training. You know, even back in the day, you know, from golf, none of the golfers were doing strength training. Right. You know, and basketball players weren't strength training, and you know now, I mean, before it was kind of like okay, these are the guys that want to grow muscles are over there, and then you know everybody else is just doing conditioning for their sport. Versus now, everybody is you know looking at more formalized training. So. At 28, if you can remember back, or 25 or 20, how many females did you see in this in the weight room? Well, you know, again, Tab will tell you this, but we way back in the day, most of the gyms were all, I would say, 95% male, whether it was at uh, the training studio or the gym or uh, body action or all these places we worked out. It was all males. So there was very little cardio. It was all strength training. So one of the trends that I've seen and seen grown over the last is women, especially younger women, starting to spend more time in the weight room. I think one of the things, if you say, okay, why is that? I think there's many reasons, more awareness, more exposure, but it's this influencer uh, TikTok, Instagram of showing different ways to to look and, and feel good. So that's one big trend that I've seen in my time, you know, I think back when I was in college, I rarely saw, you know, the any typical rec center, you have the cardio, you have the stretching, the, the, the track, but then the weight rooms through a door behind the glass, you never saw any, any girls in there working out. Today, I haven't been to a rec center in a while, but I've been to my gym. I've seen other gyms. Um, it's probably 50-50, if not more women well, and people are starting to realize, too, I mean, I don't think they, we, we recognize that, you know, way back when when I was, you know, kind of in the age group, 
but the positive mental aspects of, you know, moving your body. You know, more and more, obviously, the influencers talking about your body's going to look better, obviously, if you move better and eat better and everything else. But now when we understand mental health is, to me, that's even more powerful. When you move your body, it's what it does for your mind. And then, so let's go to the next generation. So the largest generation that's working out at a gym um, are millennials. So my generation, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's the it's a big generation. It's the largest in the workforce. Uh, and then, you know, your generation, uh, baby boomers, I thought this was interesting, very active, interested in taking care of their health, finding, you know, different chronic issues that they're trying to manage. But this is the generation that hasn't fully come back after COVID. So more inactivity than they had pre-COVID, and they haven't found maybe their routines, rituals, uh, places that they feel comfortable. Speak about that. What are you seeing in your generation, your friends, uh, people you work with? Why haven't they come back, or what's missing for this this generation? Well, I think you know, I think my generation, a lot of them have never been really trained in how to take care of them, their body, and now if their body gets injured they either go to rehab or they just say, hey, you know, this is not for me. So they're, I, I think their, you know, their width, their bandwidth starts to shrink versus the reality is, you know, movement can expand that bandwidth. And so I think more and more, they, you know, what I've done training and talking to people, and if you, even my, you know, my um, contemporaries, you know, they're getting injured more, but they don't know how to, how to avoid that or how to come back from that. And so when they do get injured, um, or they don't feel right, they just decide, hey, this is, you know, the yin part of my life. And reality is we are in the yin part of our life, but we also understand I'm not, I still want to play. And so a big part of me playing is I want to do things that like, expand my bandwidth. So yin and yang. So you're in the yin. What's the yin, what's the yang, and why do people not want to give that up, or why don't they focus on that second Well, I think, half? you know, the whole thing, we're going to talk more about this is into the new year, but – I think people have to understand the seasons of their life. And so when you're not understanding that and you're trying to train the same way you did when you're 20, you're going to have a problem. And so, and then if you're going 900 miles an hour and you're 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever, then your adrenals are going to get burned out and then you're going to have other issues. So we have to understand, you know, how the human body works, but we need rest and we need recovery, but we also need, you know, some type of movement. So, I think that's what I'm seeing more in my generation is they, a lot of them train the same way they did when they're 20 and they can't, and then they just get frustrated and they get, um, they lose their confidence and, and all the stuff that goes with that. So in reality is it's okay. You know, I don't jump as high, I don't run as fast. I'm not as strong, but I still can do lots of stuff and I feel good. And that's really what I want. More so and more people one, to one of the things I hear you say all the time is you train to play. Mm-hmm. You grew up with a generation that probably played. Well, for sure. That those are the folks that are probably the most active still. Well, you but still f- see this uh, in professional sports. They got to play to get in shape. I'm like, well, no, you need to train to get in shape so you can play. So if somebody, let's just say, grew up, create, created these habits of just play. They played softball, they did basketball, they golf, they were active, they ran, they biked. But then they get into this yang phase or yin phase yin phase phase. Mm -hmm. and all they ever knew was play and now they can't play at the level that's what you're saying is you're not seeing anyone know how to go backwards versus this next generation they kind of know how to train 
They don't really know how to play. So expand on or, that a little bit. Or they bit. don't know how to rust. Well, we'll get into that, but. Yeah, so again, if, if like, I, you know, I still can ski pretty good. And so I want to continue to ski good. I want to be able to go down anything pretty much um, when we're skiing out west. But so part of me training, especially in the wintertime, is I'm focused on working on my balance and my strength and everything else so I can go ski or um, play golf or whatever it might be, play paddle ball. Um, so those are things that I'm always thinking about. Like I want to continue to play. And it gets frustrating sometimes when I have a nagging injury like a calf or a hamstring. But I'm going to do stuff about that as much as I can. So I think this is a very interesting point <clears throat> because let's just say you like to play, you like to do some activity. That's usually the pain people feel to change. Sometimes you get an injury skiing basketball and you want to continue that. And so you go to rehab and you just rehab that injury to get back to where you were. What you're really saying here is your mindset is I actually have to push myself a little bit beyond the, the scope of where I'm at so that I can do this activity in the future. Because if you just get back to where you were, you're going to continue to get worse and worse or your box shrinks. Well, and it's okay. Like I've talked to many of my friends, it's okay to step back and recover, but you got to look at your training. Is your training really, you know, do you have enough yin in your training? And my, a lot of them don't. They train the same way that they did when they were younger and there's not you can do a lot of stuff in your 20 and recover pretty fast you can't recover as fast as you get older and so but you develop those habits in your 30s or 20s and And so it's hard so much it's mentally they just can't go back i'm like yeah you know i'm probably used to be able to squat 500 pounds well i'm not squatting 500 pounds anymore and and that and i'm good with that so i think as time goes on people are either exercising still overtraining or they're under training and we need to kind of bring that balance back. But yeah, I'm a big fan of playing because one of the things you're seeing right now, you know, this, um, at the Michigan athletic club or around the world, you know, Rick Norris is in Naples and wherever you go around the world, you know, pickleball is just blown up. Why is that? It's because it's easy to, to learn, but it's, it's play. And when adults play, and as you know, the mind disappears and so we need to understand, like I look at sometimes when I go out play pickleball, nobody warms up, nobody stretches, and the next thing you know, they, they start losing their mobility, flexibility. So even if it's pickleball, you know, I'm encouraging people to well, train Yeah, that's, play. that's an interesting sport because uh, I've been beat by people that I don't think can barely walk on the court and then they drum me. So it's, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm with you. You could be even be better if you could move. So, right. so yeah, I think play is a big deal. And I think more and more at your generation, they're going to start understanding training to play better. So, yeah, I think a couple words that you're thinking about in the new year, I hear balance, yin and yang, and then play. And we'll, we'll get into that more. But one last piece. So if I said influencer was kind of the trend I saw and continue to see, I want you to kind of go back. Uh, I'm 36, but from 36 to 20, you didn't have social media. You didn't have the Internet. Where did you get your influence from? to strength train, to, to work on your posture, to work on your health. What, what influence did you have? Where did you get the influence that now you can pick up a phone and you can get influenced by well, hundred different I people? I think there's some good and bad about that, but I think a lot of it, and Tab will tell you this and, and, you know, a lot of people that we, but we, we were really fortunate to be involved with a lot of different things. I worked for a private practice doctor for two years 
and I saw the I saw COPD. I had a heart replacement, diabetes. I mean, you name the injury, you name the disease. I saw it. Um, I worked in the hospital, did stress testing for a year and a half. You know, I understood you know EKGs and you know respiratory quotients and all that kind of stuff. And so you just and then and then you went. We went to the Mac and. We had a, um, a training ground of all these different trainers, and everybody was very curious. I think curiosity is a big deal. And um, I think everybody kind of put their ego at the door, and we started learning as a group. But did you read magazines? Did you watch oh, TV? Sure. Was it oh, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger we, and the, his, oh, his I mean, movies? You, you like, learn things along the line, but, you know, you experimented a lot. And a lot of it, I look at the influencers today, you know, they've been doing this for a year. We've been doing this for, you know, 40 years so or 45 years or 50 years I mean 65 been lifting weights since I was 11 so you start learning along the way and then you start getting different people and talking to them so yeah it was conferences it was other trainers a little I mean, slower learning though much you say? slower learning a lot more practical learning a lot of experiential learning um, because it's not as you know what Dr. Phil always talks about this it's not the it's it's not the pudding it's you eating the pudding and what's the pudding taste like so when you start experimenting, try it this way, try it this way. You know, how's this working? Um, and that's kind of how we started learning. I mean, when I was in bodybuilding way back in the day, you know, I didn't know how to eat. I just knew how to but eat. Where did you get, get that stage. information? Where, where would you have began then? I know where you could do it now. Well, you learn from other people that did it, but then you realize very quickly that what they're telling you is really not healthy. Or you couldn't sustain it yourself. You couldn't sustain it. So then I started questioning, back to the questioning, like, hey, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to give up my health to get up on stage and look good? But it wasn't as maybe as confusing as it could be now because it's slower. Oh, oh. It's a little less information, right? Less, so less confusing. You had to work a little harder. You had to put energy in <clears throat> to go find that. Yeah, and we really, again, I think when you surround yourself with a bunch of really good people that are curious, it's, it's like if you looked at Silicon Valley. I mean, how does that happen? You get people that are start questioning, have a passion for it. And then um, you start getting some good stuff comes out. And now you have a way to systematically, that's, that's how our training program blew up at the Mac, is we started creating a system. And then we refined the system, refined it, refined it. And then the next thing you know, we're working on posture and nutrition. And, you and, know. and so you're the first to admit you did dumb things, oh, uh, mistakes. Oh. You're not perfect and still do dumb things. You know, Tab thinks you overtrain plain. <laughs> but well, one of the things is that we used to come in the gym and we used to squat. I remember this. We'd squat like, you know, whatever. We'd wrap our knees so tight you couldn't even move. You'd have the, the, the weight belt, you know. I mean, we did all that stuff. Did we overtrain? Oh, absolutely. Isn't it funny if you see someone in their 20s now using a weight belt? Like, how, did, how does that happen with all the information that we know? But, you know, there's different specificity. Why do you want to work out? And But if you're using a weight belt, you can... You can squat more weight. more weight. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's all about the weight. So, you know, if you get in a, you know, a, a, a strength suit, you're going to lift more weights. But again, should, you yeah, got to get back get, to get you, know, you in a strength what's suit. The, what's the goal? What's the, what's the training specificity? All right. So here's a couple of things that I see, you know, so we're talking about influencers. I think there's good and bad. I think you said that. I think it's too fast. That's probably one of the bad. And then the good is I think it gets people to try new things that maybe they have never been exposed to, didn't grow up with, don't have the the habits on, but I see a lot of focus. Again, I, I see a lot of women strength training more than I ever have seen, which I think is a good thing. You know, it's some of the women that we coach. That's one of the things we try to get them to do is add strength training into their routine. Cause 
it's been dominated by cardio for many years. It's the fountain of youth. But I see now this specificity, okay, I'm going to work on a body part. And so the big one right now, if you just flip open Instagram or TikTok, it's about the glutes. How do I make my glutes look better, look fuller, look – that never was a thing. At some point – Well, it used to be a thing because, remember, they had the Brazilian – you know, but lift exercise, butt lift, right, right? So, so I see that at ninety-five, three easy payments. So I see that as a trend, and so when I watch different people work out, all they do is do, you know, glute exercise, butt exercises. That's fine. You want to strengthen the butt, but you can go too much there. I see no to little cardio. That's kind of the trend that I'm seeing, and and I think I know why that is. But what do you think about no to little cardio? for people's exercise routine? Well, again, you step back for a second and you say, okay, what does the human body need to thrive and grow and be better? And so you, and you look at capacity. You look at, you know, that bandwidth. And so to me, you know, we used to laugh about this. When I was in exercise physiology, Dan Benner and I, they'd always think that we wouldn't be very good cardio. Well, in the gym, we're doing anaerobic training all the time. So you don't need to spend a whole amount of time doing cardio unless you're doing something specifically for cardio. But from a health standpoint, I'm doing the mini trampoline. I'm walking, running, playing calisthenics. I'm doing something to stimulate my heart, my lungs, and get that engaged. And so, again, we have to get back to what are you, what are you trying to accomplish but versus am I just walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes think I'm trying to lose weight? Those days are gone. People understand that doesn't work. What about the individual that says, I'm not going to do cardio because I'm going to lose mass? You know, you've been part of that uh, thinking, not you specifically necessarily, but a lot of folks that you competed with that were about, I got to get bigger. And, and again, the trend is to kind of look stronger. What do you think about that? Well, again, it gets back to what do people want, but you really got to get back to, am I healthy? Right. Am I just want to look good or do I want to look good and feel good and be healthy? And so, so to me, I'm always, that's why, you know, I changed my nutrition way back in the day from bodybuilding because I don't want to, I don't want to follow the bodybuilding diet. You which know, I, can work to well, look you, good. Yeah. I mean, my first contest, I went from three, 230 pounds to 170, I lost 60 pounds. Was it healthy? No. You know, was I in great shape on stage? Yes. But then I realized over time, I don't need to bulk up because I'm not, doing drugs. I'm not caring about that. I want to be as best shape as I possibly can be, but I want to be in my healthiest. So health comes before maybe appearance. I mean, again, I tell people all the time, you can be healthy and look good. You don't have to look. If you look good first, sometimes you're not healthy. Well, sure. You're doing all sorts of stupid stuff to get to look good. And so people can hack their health all the time. But in reality is, why don't I want to be healthy first and look good? Yeah. Could you do both? And the answer is correct. Yes. And, you know, that's probably one of the arguments when, when people bring up these new trends. Uh, okay, why wouldn't I want to do this? Because, again, it will – many things we can do to look good. You know, in, in, in the media, you've seen some of this with some of the influencers that, you know, Liver King got caught with steroids. No one thought – I mean, me and you were laughing about that. But appearance is a driver. And it's in this world that's very visual. Appearance is the driver. So you, you're you more attracted – and we, we saw this in some of the things – not saying that – you're attractive in a, in a cutoff, but we get more people to watch a video when you have a cutoff T-shirt on than or if you have or whatever, a yeah. tank top than if you have a sweatshirt on mm-hmm. because it shows this appearance, this this thing that you know is very 
yeah, attracting, attention grabbing. So appearance versus health is a dilemma, but you can look good and feel good. Well, I think I think the viewers, listeners, one thing we want to talk about at the beginning of the year is beliefs. Because if your beliefs are so locked up, you're not going to be curious. You're not going to ask questions. Like if you believe liver king, <laughs> that he's all natural, people are going to try to do exactly what he's doing when reality is it's not real, right? <laughs> so you got to step back and say, hey, listen, let me just be, let me just challenge my belief right now. Do I really need to take protein powder? That's a belief everybody has. I got to have more protein, protein, protein. When reality is the belief, that's the powerful belief. But in reality, is, is that good for me? Is it good for my kidneys? And the answer would be no, because again, your GFR, which is your kidney function, starts to fall. And that's what I've seen. And so when I'm on stage talking to people about this, they still will challenge you like, oh no, protein powder is good for you. What? It's like putting sand in a radiator. No, it's not good for you. <laughs> so you, again, if people have these strong beliefs, they're not going to ask better questions. All right. Here's a couple other things I see. Post pre-workout and, and um, again, it's it's the with the protein powder kind of thing. We're looking for energy, looking for a spike, looking for, you know, whether it's the caffeine in it or whether it's the um, adrenal stimulation, whatever is in there. Well, wait a minute. Let's stop there for a second. <laughs> Uh-oh. What would make you think you have to take some kind of stimulant to start moving your body? Well, you said it earlier because you're going too hard and you don't have enough recovery, so you're tired. I've never felt. I mean, then, then I would check my sleep. I would check what I'm eating. But why wouldn't I sleep if I could just have this pre-workout? I mean, because your adrenals are going to get smoked, and the next thing you know, you're going to have all sorts of problems sleeping, and sleeping is when you grow and repair. And so now I don't have that, and then I have to take something else. Now I've got to take melatonin, and i got to take this and that. You can see how it starts to snowball, and this is what we're seeing every day. So part of going in the new year, you got to step back and say, well, how the heck do I think I can hack my health like that? Why do I need to have a, an energy drink to get through my day? Why do I need a pre- or post-workout drink? I mean, it's just, if, if people ask me all the time, what do you do after you eat workout? I eat food. <laughs> it's nothing crazy. What do you do before you work out? Well, I'm doing either my wheatgrass or something like that, or if I'm energy's not great, I might do a half an orange and a couple nuts. I'm not putting some kind of colored drink in my body before I'm going to work out that stimulates my adrenal glands because you're going to stimulate your adrenal glands when you work out. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I think those are the trends I've seen. And it's, I mean, again, that's why I think this influencer is so powerful. So if an influencer is sponsored or believes in something and, and I think one of the mistakes is most influencers, not most, but many have never done the work. They've done the work maybe for themselves. They look a certain way. They think this is the way that everyone should. As you know, people come in different shapes and sizes, backgrounds, beliefs, habits, all these different things. And so you've worked with, you know, you like to say 20,000 people, probably way more than that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. What you have to understand is sometimes this information is too good to be true. And then it sp spreads like, gang, you know, uh, wildfire because... Sleep is a lot harder. Well, things we, you know, again, and you have to maybe give things up. You have to adjust your. Well, one of the things we we've talked about for a long time, and with with Antar Living, is we're trying to teach a lifestyle, and the lifestyle is not we're not in a sprint. It's a it, it's a lifestyle, and it's never about planting the flag at the top of the mountain. It's understanding the journey and all the good stuff during the journey. So you have to put the work in, 
and we all understand like you know yeah i want to have a shortcut to that there really is no shortcut now we teach one step at a time a lot of people aren't interested in that i've had clients come in and like uh you know too sh- slow sh- too slow i don't want to put th- well okay so what are you gonna do next in the next six months in the next six months and that's why diets don't work so what people have to understand is how do you create a lifestyle that you love that's the big challenging question because the more you learn how to pivot and do it on your own now i can tweak it the way i like it and i think that's what we've learned over the years that's what people get excited about but not everybody wants to move that slow i mean i'm not losing any weight well how's your blood pressure well my blood pressure is better how's your sleep my blood my sleep's a lot better but I'm not losing as much weight as I want to lose weight. I'm like, that will happen. Yeah, and so uh, just to end on the things I see, and there's so many other things, but one of the positives that I see is that more focus on mental health. And you said it, like people exercising to cope with, to uh, you know, be more mentally resilient, to, to stress their body. Um, I think that's a big positive that I've seen, especially with influencers that are promoting the, the talk, the – you know, the conversation. Um, and then this leads into kind of the biggest trend that I see that I just smile and laugh at because we've had the privilege. I've been a, a member of a health club that had a cold plunge for um, 30 years. You know, I was six years old when I first started coming around there when it was built. And cold plunge was unique there. It wasn't everywhere. Not every health club has a cold plunge influencers you i can't tell you how many people are encouraging people to go in cold baths you got wim hof you got joe rogan they even sell these things that you can put out and they got you got to break up the ice and i think there's some positive into it but i also think it's so wild that something like that that we've been exposed to for many years where people would kind of just kind of roll their eyes and say that's that's too cold that it's just funny how things come into a trend that have been around for how long have cold baths been around for? Yeah, and cold therapy's been around forever. <clears throat> and so when you're working like you know every every physical therapist, athletic trainer, sports medicine doc always talks about rice, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation. It's been around forever, so we know hot and cold therapy is incredible, and that's how the body works. So if you're trying to decrease inflammation, you know, you're going to cold, but if you just jump in the cold all the time, a lot of people, I don't want to do that. But if you teach people how to do hot and cold therapy, it's an easy way to do that. It's an easy way in the shower. You don't jump into a cold shower. I mean, you can, you know, when off you go into these ice baths, you pay five grand to sit in an ice bath. I mean, that's miserable for most people. But if you slowly get in a shower and slowly get into cool water and warm water and back and forth, now you start having a tool that you can use you know, and that's why the 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 cold plunge uh, at the Mac is incredible. I used to go to some of these other clubs way back in the day, and they would have a cold plunge, and we used to laugh because it was called it was it was a cool plunge. It wasn't very cold. It wasn't cold at all. It was miserable. Yeah, the cold plunge that we go into is about forty eight to forty nine. Some it's of cold. the tr- some of the trends right now are getting closer to thirty five, which. Again, I think one Once of the it gets over under fifty, it doesn't matter. It's cold. And it's one cold. of you know, it's like uh, cryotherapy. What's the temperature? Negative, whatever. Yeah. You gotta wear the gloves. I think here's the here's the takeaway. It's that a good thing. Could be it, a good it's, thing. It's a good thing. And I think one of the takeaways, and you said this earlier, is the speed of influence is way too fast. That's the bad thing. The good thing is you can really be curious, ask really good questions, try different things, but we can't just believe it. 
just because we saw it from an influential person, like a Liver King, like a, you know, even Joe Rogan, good, bad. There's, I mean, we've always known that liver is a good thing to consume. There's a lot of good benefits nutritionally from liver, but who in the heck likes liver, right? So if you did it once in a while, we used to have it way back in the day. My mom hated liver. My dad hated liver, but my grandfather loved liver. So we would have liver once in a while, and everybody hated it. <laughs> now, was it healthy for you? Sure, but my grandfather liked it because he liked the taste of it. But we got to get out of that mindset that, oh, I'm going to do, do liver pills, and I'm going to do this pill and whatever. We have to really start sticking to something and kind of – making it better and we call it perfecting the ordinary i think people just jump to jump to jump to jump when realities are not they're not trying themselves they're not playing around with it and like you said it's the slowness of it that people don't like they want to just keep trying new things all the time and they never stuck with pretty much anything so the you know one of the things that i think is the the big theme so as we talk about influencer the year-end review all these things that we're seeing you know more people are interested in how they look which means that they're more interested in being active, which they're now more interested in nutritional health and asking better questions, pushing the envelope. But I think you said it. We got to focus on being healthy first. You can look your best too. And 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 making sure that you're just not trying to have an, an appearance that looks good, but you're mentally not as healthy as you can be. Physically, you're probably calorie restricting. And, and you see this. and And you know... You've competed in 10 shows, bodybuilding shows. You only look like that for a day or so. You know, you look pretty good outside of that, but it's a it's a small window. And to get that, you have to really probably not be your healthiest at for that small window. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I try to be as healthy as I possibly could be, but you you know, as you get down, you're you're in a depletion stage. You're in a catabolic stage. You're, yeah. you're, you're Yeah, you can't you can't be anabolic and catabolic. You're not at the same thri- time. you're not thriving. Mm-mm. No, so you so you're always in a catabolic stage at the very end. I try to be a little less ca- catabolic. I didn't cut carbs out. I didn't do any of that. I didn't really dehydrate myself. You know, I didn't do distilled water and all this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, so that's the challenge people face is that, you know, it's the flow. It's the catabolic, anabolic, you know, back and forth. Um, but at the same time, if you do it slower, you have a lot less being catabolic. And so focus on healthy, appearance will come. But the third leg of that stool that I think is missed is function. So me and you both know that I could get really good-looking arms, but that are not really that functional. I can't get my arm overhead. I don't have the rotation of my shoulder. Maybe I have some tendonitis in my elbow, but they look good. And they're probably pretty healthy muscles, you know, Mm -hmm. strong muscles. So let's talk about that third leg of the stool that I know you are so passionate about, especially as you're talking about playing. But what about function? Do you see that as big of a focus as it should be in people's routines? No, because function, you know, Walt Reynolds would always talk about form follows function. So a cheetah looks like a cheetah for a reason because a cheetah can run fast, right? An elephant looks like an elephant. You know, it's form follows function. So if you can get people to be – if you've looked at the World Cup soccer – yeah, they all, they they all look, look like the soccer same. players. Right. Mm-hmm. They're lean, they're fast, they're agile, they're whatever. So to me, as time goes on, you want to create more symmetry in the body, and a part of that is functional. You know, you look at what's my range of motion. We always talk about, you know, do I have good range of motion on my ankle? 
you know, Walt back in the day when we first got together, you know, I didn't have very good range of motion on my ankle. My calf was always bothering me. So I started really, really spending time. That's why we put more restorative movements in the book because we wanted to talk more about function and restorative movements and things like that. So more than ever before, when I'm 30, I don't really care about that. But how do we get people to care about it more? Because what you see, you're, I see your client, you know, some pretty influential people that like the private setting that you train them in. Pretty athletic, always been active, but now they're realizing, hmm, I maybe neglected this function piece. Well, a lot of it becomes uh, self-awareness. They, they're not even aware yeah. until you put them in positions. You know, we were talking about this the other day. How easy can you get off the floor when you're seven years old? It, for many people, it's hard. You know, how many people get in a certain movement? Like we do a wall extension overhead. Many people aren't even aware that they don't have the mobility in their shoulder girdle or their back to do that. Or they can't even, they can't even stand against the wall with the five key checkpoints, which is the ankle, the, the, the butt, the shoulder, the ear, and the head. You know, so is it all lined up? So until they see that awareness, then they're like, okay, as soon as I show some of that stuff, some of the, we, we do this as a team. People are like, hmm, maybe I need to uh, start working on that. Yeah, and, and so appearance, health, function all play a role. As we're kind of wrapping up here, you really wanted to end our podcast with talking about this thing called periodization and how important you think it is for anybody to create this lifestyle of health. It's not just fitness. It's not just uh, nutrition. It's not just sleep. You need to have these this ebb and flow, you call it a little yin and yang, a little balance mm -hmm. here, but talk to everyone about periodization, why you think it's such an important way to create this lifestyle. Well, way back in the day, I mean, if you looked at the Russians and how they train the, you know, and the European nations, they realized that they had to have times of work and the times of rest to really be optimal. And you see that when you look at the NBA, when the season shortened or the seasons lengthened, you start seeing lots of injuries. I think the problem with pro football today, season's too long. And so you're going to see more and more teams injured. Yeah, who, who actually went through the whole season playing every game? Yeah, and so the challenging is the team that's going to thrive at the end is the people that have less injuries. So you got to figure that out. If you looked at in college basketball, some of these athletes are going too early. You know, there's not enough, you know, I think a lot of the coaches think the harder I go, the better I'm going to be. The reality is you got to get ready for the end, not the beginning. So you got to really train that way, um, and a big part of that is is understanding rest. If, in corporate America, when we deal with people, and I work with many, many people, but they don't have enough space in their life, and so they're going 900 miles an hour. They love the passion, they love what they do, but now they're getting sick of it because they don't have enough space. They got six meetings in a row. They don't get enough time to sleep. They don't get enough time to exercise or eat right, and so that's what I'm seeing more and more that going into the new year. I think everybody needs to step back and say, do I like the pace of my life? Do I really like the pace of my life? And you know, the pace of your life right now is different than mine. You have three young kids. You and your wife both work full-time. You have a thriving careers. Your pace is going to be faster. But I think you guys do a pretty good job of, you know, shutting it down like, hey, I need a break. And I think people need to step back and say, hey, do I like the pace of my life? You know, I was, I was doing an event a couple weeks ago to these CFOs around the world, and I asked them at the very end, if you looked at your calendar tomorrow and you didn't have nothing scheduled in the morning, how would you feel? And they all started laughing. Number one, they can't do it. They think they can't do it. And number two, they would feel amazing. They think they can't do it. They, they think they, they can, can do, do it. it. But they think and many of them have emailed me back and said, you know what, when you said 
you came right out the very beginning and you said, today we're going to talk about intentional rest. It hit them like a ton of bricks. Like they're never, ever been intentional about rest and recovery and flow. And that's what we talk about periodization. You know, when you're working out, and that's why what we do, I do a three-day split because it allows me to recover. And I've been doing it my whole life. I like it. It's a way to recover. But I think people need to look at that. Do they have enough space in their life? Are they training? Do they train as hard as they rest? And I like to always tell that to my clients. A lot of people... Or do they rest as hard as they train? And they rest as hard as they train. Or a lot of people are resting too much and not training enough. Oh, but, sure. but a lot of people are overtraining, and so they're not getting enough rest. So if you're going to train hard, you need to rest hard. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So if you look at the 2023, you know, we're coming into the new year. We got our 21-day challenge that we're going to be launching here, that it's a big uh you know, part of our community. It's a good time where people are refocused. But if you're going into 23, what does a periodization look like? Do you do it by quarter? Do you do it by month? Uh, you know, obviously in the summer months, maybe people want to have a little more fun and play. And so do you like people to think about their year? Yeah, I really like them to think about the year. So for example, this time of year, there's not as enough, enough as much sunlight. You need to really be focused a little bit more on rest. Pay attention to your sleep. You don't need to get up at 4 o'clock and work out. But when the sun starts to change, circadian rhythm starts to change, it's a season of the year, then you, you, you tr train a little differently. So in the winter months, I, I'm going to really really pay attention to my sleep and my rest and all that kind of stuff. And in the summer months, you know, the spring's coming, the, the summer's coming. So we need to kind of listen to the body more. I don't think we listen to the body enough. Or pay attention to the surroundings. Like Pay if it's darker outside, you're probably going to have lower energy. Lower energy. You probably it's t time for bed maybe right. differently. Go get go get more massages. Yeah, I mean in summertime if it's if it's light out at ten thirty here, right? I'm probably not going to be falling asleep as easily. Yeah, you're you're going to have different sleep cycles, so it's no different than your training. You're probably going to be outside a lot more in Michigan than you know wherever you are in the country today. But I think we just need to listen to the body a little bit more, plan a little bit more recovery, uh, look at your exercise. Do you like what you do? Do you like playing? Do you like your, you know, like what you're eating? I think people need to look at that. If they hate their exercise routine, they're not going to do it. You know, that's why we, you know, like I, I have a lot of my clients that say, how do you like this stretch? And they're like, man, it feels great. They're probably going to continue it. If I put them in a stretch that they can't stand, it hurts them, they're not going to repeat it. But if I can gently get them to where we need to go and they like what they're doing, they're going to repeat it. So it's no different than nutrition. We're going to do the 21-day challenge. It's going to be challenging. That's why we call it a challenge. But I think going into the new year, we really need to look at, you know, the, the flow of your life, the flow of your movement, the flow of your lifestyle, and do you like what you're doing, and how do you slowly change that? And we have lots of resources for that. So uh, to wrap up, you know, it sounds like uh, you're very passionate about the yin and yang as you're thinking about helping people, including yourself, and creating that balance and I can't agree more that we're not playing like we should. And one of the reasons for some is that they don't train the right way to play. That's why I love pickleball. It's it's so fun, and that's why you're seeing a boom. I'd like to see the younger generation play more, you know, unstructured. I'm not talking about high school kids, middle school kids that are too much structure, and, you know, they got practices and all these things. But as we go into the new year, I think one of the things that we provide is the free 21-day uh, eat challenge. And we do that right after, you know, the new year mm -hmm. as the holidays get passed, because it's really a focused eating plan. 
And we do need focus. And that's what I love about periodization is let's just say for the next three months or 30 days, whatever the time period, I'm going to be very focused on something. And then at that 30 days, either I'm going to try to peak for something, some type of measurement or something, or I'm going to pull it back. And I, and I always like the, I like the thought of always training for something, you know, put it out there. What, what are you training for? Maybe it's a, you're going to do your first 5k. And there's always something to train for. Always something to train for. But you have to think differently. Not everyone's going to do some athletic feat. Like, like the other day I was working with some of my clients and we put some goals out there. And one of them is uh, a diamond handstand. The other one is learning how to do 10 perfect push-ups. One is like they want to learn how to do a pull-up. I mean, these are really specific goals. Or it could be water skiing. It or could, it could, could be, be not anything. even physical. It could be, could be anything. could be being happier at work. One of the guys I was working with, I, our number one goal is we're working on space in his calendar. That's what we're working on. We're not working on the breathing. We're not working on the sleeping. We're working on space in the calendar first. Yeah. So as we end the year, this is our last podcast for 2022. Can't believe it's over. I think there's a lot of positive things that I'm seeing. I, there's always going to be this these crazy things, these trends, these the thing that will fade off and be something new. Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 and again, I, the last thing I'll mention here is I, you know, there's so many good things going on. We're, there's so many things to be grateful for. And I think sometimes we get caught up in what's wrong. We got to think about, you know, what's possible in, 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 the, in that love and the gratitude and the kindness and all the stuff that we're going into the beginning of the, of the new year. But I think the other big thing we really want to promote is that, the magic's in you, and I think sometimes we forget that. The human body is incredible in its ability to heal and self-correct and just keep asking more questions and use us as a resource because we want to help you any way we can. Well, well done. I think, uh, you know, what, what's possible is something we all have to strive for, and I think 23, you know, my favorite number is 23, so uh, 2023 is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, stuff in my face and maybe not being as active the next couple days. And then the new year, uh, get back on the, the wagon with the 21 day challenge. So thank you for joining us as always. Uh, look forward for some new uh, things in, in 23, including our new studio, our workout Wednesdays, and we got a superstar in Rashawn to really provide some content that can keep you going. So until next time, have a great holiday season. We'll see you in